Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. We're your hosts, Josiah and Anjuska. I have a master's in theology. And I have a sense of humor. We have seven years experience as missionaries and as a Bible school professor. And I have a lifetime experience of being a pastor's kid and a missionary's wife. We are both survivors of spiritual and emotional abuse. Which was a big part of us leaving the church in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. We are still curious. Still passionate about healing. Still trauma-informed. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. Yay. Well, it's been a while since we've podcasted and a lot has happened. So Mm -hmm. our last podcast was in February and it had to do with evangelicalism, politics and the Freedom Convoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're Canadian, so that was a big deal up here. And um, it was interesting because if you go back a couple episodes on here, you'll see that after being an agnostic for, uh, I don't know, 16 months or something, I went... 16 very passionate months. Very passionate months. I went back to church and I went back to Jesus and found a different faith, I guess, um, and went back to, uh, yeah, the evangelical church. And so that was interesting. Like I went for a four months, five months, I think, mm-hmm. uh, before the Freedom Convoy. And um, so it's interesting because part of my deconstructing my faith when I left the church in early 2020 was the pandemic and Christians' responses to mm-hmm. that. So now I was back in the evangelical church and not agreeing with a lot of things that were being taught. Um, and sometimes just, I had given myself freedom. When I went back, I told myself I would walk out without making a big deal. I would walk out of anytime I felt uncomfortable or that I really didn't agree or that would make me upset or mad. Uh, so sometimes I started skipping church, depending who was <laughs> speaking, or I would just go downstairs with my kids and not listen to the sermon. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be there for the community, the people, the friends. Yeah. Um, not so much teaching. Um, you know, I kind of had to unload after topics, after each just about every sermon I kind of had to unload because mm-hmm. like part of the construction journey is really taking a really honest look at all these teachings that you've just absorbed over the years, especially when grown up in it. And you can't unsee some of these things, yeah. some of these beliefs that are not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then the free- freedom, I was trying to skip more and more and then Freedom Convoy came and once again, seeing a lot of evangelicals responses to it or non-response to it because yeah. they don't want to rock the boat from their friends that are very much pro-convoy. Yeah. Um, Which shows where their allegiance is. Yeah. People, friendships over justice or over, mm-hmm. you know, like, so. Well, clearly we were bothered about it on the other side, but yeah, they were more worried about not upsetting the convoy folks. Anyways, it shows where their priorities were. Yeah. Um, so that, honestly, we have not been back to church since, mm-hmm. um, to the evangelical church. Um, love the people, miss the people, yeah. miss the community so much. So that's why it's been kind of hard to try to think of doing a podcast on this because love the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but problems with the evangelical institution or or whatever you want to call it yeah. programming 
Um, so we did, you know, we still want community and stuff. So we have attended the United Anglican Church. It's a joint services um, at first regularly and now very sporadically. Um, definitely like them more, like, them, sorry, that sounds mean, but like, like the teachings and we don't leave feeling yeah. like we need to vent it and get it all off our our chest before we can move on with our day and our week. Mm -hmm. um, very inclusive and definitely appreciating it. But for me at this point in time, after two very, very, very intense years of looking at my beliefs and trying to figure what the hell happened and what I was taught and what I supported, um, I'm taking a break. My brain just sort of hit a point where it's letting me rest. Mm -hmm. um, it's letting me stop. So at this point, I'm not going to church. I'm not against it. I'm just not going to church. I just don't have a desire to. And I'm not even thinking much about Jesus. I don't know what I believe about all that. I, I've just sort of put it on a box and put it on the shelf, mm -hmm. which is totally okay. <laughs> and something that we need to do sometimes. Um, and my brain would not let me do it before this. Um, so I'm very glad, actually. I'm kind of at this place where I don't care. <laughs> I still have problems with the evangelical ways. And I'm, you know, like right now, I even took a break from reading a lot of the books that I was reading, evaluating evangelicalism and all these teachings. I did recently just read a book on quiverful teachings, which could be a whole other podcast on its own, but I guess I am still trying in some smaller ways to figure out parts of my, not only upbringing, but also the beliefs that I embraced in my own life, even as married as a mom yeah. uh, for so many years, but just taking a break from spirituality, which yeah. I know would sound heathen to some, but I am very content to just be and learning to just, well, live, but also want to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and just put all this Jesus Bible church, they all like kind of just put it aside and take a break from it. So that's sort of been my journey since then. Um, yeah. Yeah. A bit of a repeat of 2020 <laughs> with, the, bit, but with the different. COVID, but now a repeat of it with with the convoy. But yes, in a different way, because there has been two years in between those mm -hmm. <laughs> heavy processing. Yeah. So um, this, like, how do you encapsulate that time when you came back to faith and you gave your testimony in church and like you were just, you had really strong spiritual experiences yeah was that you mentioned going back to your abuser or was it or... i didn't actually say that on this podcast but i told you that <laughs> i thought maybe you had mentioned that anyway <laughs> like how or was that just a phase was it real was it was it how would you how do you think about that time now yeah it's or do interesting you have categories for it and it is something i've thought about a little bit but not too much um you know, part of our journey has also been learning about domestic abuse and yeah. narcissism and traits of that um, and walking alongside someone close to me who had to leave an abuser um, and knowing that the chances of 
a woman leaving an abusive household, the chances are very high that she would go back. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's an average of like seven times that they go back to their abuser or something yeah. like that. Quite a few times anyway. Um, and I am not saying that the evangelical church I went back to is my abuser. That's not all what I'm saying. But I am... Not the specific church. No, right? exactly. Yeah. But I am linking it to that idea that it is my comfort zone and it is what I grew up with and I'm comfortable with. And like my whole life for 37, 38 years was spent in that. Um, So going back now, I kind of see it as like me going back to a toxic... um, I struggle with how to say it because I really want my friends to know that they, that I love them. (laughs) I really love them. But evangelicalism as a whole, locally and not, is problematic. Yeah. And has toxic beliefs and is based on white American evangelicalism has a lot of bad Mm-hmm. And a lot of toxicity and racism and exclusion. And so, yes, I went back because it was comfortable and it felt right. I'm sure most women would say that when they go back to the abusive household husbands. Mm. It feels right. <laughs> yeah. But then you see why you left. Yeah. And you realize I can't do that again. Yeah. I can't do that, even if it's comfortable for me. I also can't do this for my kids. Yeah. Because then they will have to leave this later or be stuck in the system. Yeah. And I just cannot do that. And the fact that I was, every time I would go, I would leave frustrated or having to vent a lot, a lot of things that happened, I just couldn't. At some point, you sort of realize that's not normal (laughs) and that's not okay. Um, And that's just an indication that it's not the place for me. Mm -hmm. And having good discussions with people heavily involved and stuff. That was great. I love having discussions. I love having respectful debates and we don't need to agree on everything. But there has to be movement forward as well. Like women in leadership to me is a really, really huge key point. And I just don't see how you can be part of this culture, part of our world, our generation, without allowing equality. And so that was one of the big issues. But not only that, a lot of small issues. I mean, you can look, listen back to a lot of our podcasts and see what mm-hmm. we've worked through. Well, that's evangelicalism. Like yeah. it's just, So I just couldn't do that. So yes, I, as harsh as it sounds, I do in my mind kind of see it as me going back to my toxic background Mm -hmm. and comfort zone and it's rough to leave it i miss the community that you can't have unless you go there regularly yeah i really miss that but i can't do that um as far as the podcast that i've done about me finding jesus and all that i don't know how to view that i don't know and right now i don't really care yeah um I'm sure at some point my mind will circle back to it. I mean, that's what we do our whole life, right? We circle back to things and process yeah. other layers. So some people have told me, don't forget that. Don't discount that. That was real. And I'm like, well, I don't know. 
I don't know. And right now, I don't care. I will figure it out someday. But right now, it's too much for me to figure out what that was. Was it Jesus? Was it real? I don't know. It did help me see that some people do have a loving Jesus Mm -hmm. that is inclusive and that I can support. I don't know for myself if I believe that anymore or if it was my mind Mm -hmm. um, because I desperately needed community (laughs) and love and acceptance and that experience that Jesus gave that to me. It was very real. Whatever it was, it was very real. But I also know that we're not only human beings on this world. Like we have, there is more dimension to our world and our experiences. So someday, maybe I'll know more, but at this point, I just letting it be. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to be. It's like, because I think as, as being formed within evangelicalism, you get used to thinking like, well, there's us who are saved over here and everybody else who is lost. And then it's like, if you lose your faith, well, you never had faith. So you invalidate everything before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't you say that? I had faith for this period of time and it was very vibrant and real. And then for this period of time, I didn't have faith or, you know, I had other beliefs and that was also very real and authentic, Hmm. you know, I like that. There's no need to say like that period of my life is invalidated by this period of my life. Or that period of my life has to dictate the rest of my life. (laughs) Exactly. It's like we, we grow and evolve and, um, like very few, like, there's very few fake people. There are fake people, I suppose. But, you know, people do things because they think it's real and they think it's true and, and they're living out the reality that that is real to them. So um, it was very real to you at the time. And now this is where we are. It doesn't yeah. mean that it, because you're here now, it doesn't mean that that was not valid. No. Or it was just and a it, phase And it was healing in its own way. Yeah. To reconcile with the church I had left and Mm -hmm. the people and the friendships and also to get a glimpse of what this Jesus that is loving and accepting looks like. Yeah. Whether I believe he was real or divine or part of God, I don't know at this point. But if you're going to have faith, that is the Jesus that you should believe in. (laughs) Yeah. And it is the Jesus that I was not introduced to in my evangelical um, experience. Yeah. Um, so when I speak to people, I can support them having faith in that Jesus, mm-hmm. but it has to be that Jesus who's inclusive yeah. and doesn't segregate and doesn't put women and men in different hierarchy and all these things. Like, you know, it just, it was very good experience and I'm not taking it back. I mean, I did talk to you about the idea of like just deleting those podcasts and pretending Mm -hmm. it never happened but you were like well you can't do that that's just like that's real real. that's real it's part of the journey and it's true so in some ways it was healing and good and in some ways it was me going back to my toxic background Mm -hmm. um i was gonna say something else but the other oh what i wanted to say is I think it was important and it was the right way to leave that relationship. You know, if you think about an abuser or, or maybe a relationship that's like on the, on the edge, 
you know, like yeah. dysfunctional, where like it's not like terrible abuse where no. she's like going to the hospital or something, but it's like it's not right how he treats me. And so she leaves and then she comes back and he's on his best behavior for a while. And she and then eventually she realizes if this is the best he can do, then I can do better, you know, mm -hmm. and then that second leaving is like, no, for real. We're done. Yeah. I feel like the first time was left out of anger yeah. and anger. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is valid. Which is valid. And I don't think we should be teaching that anger is bad and sinful mm -hmm. and evil and to avoid it at all costs. Like anger is a important emotion to have. Yeah. Um, but this time I do feel like was much better like i can see people in the street and it's fine yeah we can have a friendship yeah. still um but it's not for me yeah or my family mm -hmm. and it's too triggering i can't mm -hmm. i can't do that yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel like that's kind of where i'm at because i didn't leave angry um well that's not true i, I definitely had some anger there um for a while and kind of had that cynical approach to some of my posts and things but I always considered myself a Christian I still consider myself a Christian but this last time especially with the freedom convoy I've just kind of lost faith like they're on their best behavior and you know I've always had relationships with people that I consider more moderate because there are is quite a, kind of a moderate evangelical mm -hmm. you know people that are more reasonable and I've just slowly been realizing like even on their best behavior it's not good enough you know like they're still never going to move on women issues they're never ever going to move on LGBTQ they're not aware of how involved they are in racist um, paradigms within you know larger society how they're not part of change for you know the people that actually need injustice. it for injustice um because it's not there's a big focus on the spiritual aspect yeah. but we're f forgetting that we're whole beings like that the spiritual aspect is number one and trumps every other aspect which i get that i mean we used mm -hmm. to believe that but like we see a lot more to that now like yeah well it's such it's just so convenient it's so convenient like if we could imagine Having all the answers is great. Oh, I miss it so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like some days I just walk down the street and think like I used to have all the answers <laughs> to like everything. What, what you don't have the answers to or like your question that is allowed and stuff. It's in a small box and it's, mm -hmm. but so you feel like you have a choice and that you are questioning and, yeah. and deconstructing, yeah. but it's not the main foundational issues. <laughs> Like if we could imagine a situation that we all agree is abusive, like think back when there were kings in their palaces that had all the money and the serfs in the village that had nothing, right? And like you could look at that and be like, well, Jesus would want them to share their wealth and have a equitable society. And then we just imagine like, but in the castle, everybody's thinking about spirituality and the five spiritual laws and how you got to get saved. And that that's all that they care about. Churches and pastors all over. Yeah. <laughs> And we just need to get out there and convert more of the, the peasants to our way. Yeah. Like, that's how I see things. And and it's not about, it's not so much about the doctrine. I mean, the doctrines are problematic, but it's like, okay, stop thinking about theology so much 
and open your eyes to the bigger issues. And I know when I was in evangelicalism, I was like, well, you know, racism is important and, and sexual equality is important, but like, we'll deal with those someday. Like, I don't think I, I never preached a sermon on those things. They just, to me, weren't important enough because it's like, we got to save people from hell. Whereas now it's like, what, what did Jesus actually care about? He cared about injustice in his day. And this hyper-focus on spirituality is just a very convenient way of distracting from those issues that they themselves are implicit in, especially as missionaries. You know, we're just, we're, we're expanding colonialism mm -hmm. and we're causing more oppression. Yeah. So just to springboard, I guess, off of what you were talking about, a big part of me leaving this second time has just been losing faith in the moderates and losing faith in the people mm -hmm. like even the very best form of evangelicalism that's like into apologetics and is more progressive it's like but it's not progressive enough no it's not yeah it's like you you can think you're very radical but it's not enough yeah <laughs> the entire thing needs a over overhaul overall yeah overhaul. overhaul yeah <laughs> um and i do feel like okay so covid freedom convoy the election in the states and the attempt at insurrection january 6 after the voting in the states anyway all those things i think are shaking up a lot of evangelicals yeah and it'll be very interesting in the next five ten years to see how it goes because I feel like many evangelicals have clamped down on their ways mm -hmm. the white American evangelical ways yeah. and others it helped them see through what the realities of white American evangelicalism is which yeah. is in Canada as well mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> it over time, I think will lead to lead to a lot of people leaving the evangelical yeah. church. Actually, it's already happening. It is. Um, so it'll be interesting to to notice what this next generation is going towards, mm -hmm. and because I do think there's a bit of a falling infrastructure within evangelicalism. Yeah. But um, but no matter for us personally, we just couldn't do it. Yeah. But that's a great point because we think, you know, we focus on like us and what, what we decided and what we did. And in a lot of ways, it's like, like I, I made a comic one time about how like I haven't moved, but I made this comic of a tornado coming, tornado of cultural wind coming and blowing the church away from me. And all of a sudden we're in a place where we're anti-science and, you know, trying to do insurrections at our capitals and... um you know, anti-vaccinations and all these things that were never part of the faith that I grew up with. Yeah. And I think that white American evangelicalism is morphing into a theocracy. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that more and more. And now in America, I mean, basically they've found a way to, um, to short-circuit democracy by putting these chief justices yeah. in place. In the scooters? Yeah. 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 But it's, and, and that's just the beginning. I mean, it's just getting more and more yeah. disturbing the things that they're able to pass, the laws that are not the will of the people, but are no. forced on them through these backroom dealings and people yeah. figuring it out and money and everything like that. And then along with that, there's this very strong, like, anti-vaccination and, and... Very individualistic and privatized. And I, 
I was reading the other day something about how white American evangelicalism, like we, you know, we say from the Bible quote, like we're in the world, but not off the world. Yeah. And that's something that is used a lot in evangelicalism. Yeah, that's such a good point. But uh, when you really stop and look at it, why American evangelicalism is in the world and off the world. Yeah. Because they want their ways, their beliefs, their ideas to dominate all. Yeah. And to be in the politics and to determine the lives and everyday lives of everybody. Yeah. That's not being in the world, but not of this world. That's being yeah. in the world and of this world. Yeah. Not only of this world, but wanting to control this world. Yeah. So there's so much opposite beliefs, opposite thinking that just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. But there's blindness to it. Yeah. And that concept of like all the stuff about like you'll be persecuted if you believe in me and we're not of this world and people won't understand us. It's like that's if you're living out of love and mm -hmm. so you're so focused on love that people don't understand, you know, and, and they want to know more. That doesn't mean that you can be a conspiracy theorist and try and take over government. Like there's legitimate yeah. reasons why people hate certain forms of Christianity. Yeah. And like, sorry, am I interrupting? No, it's just, it's easy to, that's one of the big problems with the Bible and with Christianity is it's so easy to co-opt all the terminology. Yeah. Like you can, you can come up with a cult basically and it's been done so many times. You just change all the meanings of words and then you come up with something completely new. And something is something dark and sinister is forming within evangelicalism. And part of us leaving is us saying, we don't have, we can't have anything to do with that. That was our first leaving. And our second leaving is we can't get away from that dark shadow. Well, like it's, it's too, it's too infiltrated. infiltrated into the rest of the church and people don't yeah. see it. Even those that don't buy into all of it, those things are still into all the cracks. <laughs> They're still quoting the same pastors that yeah. are implicated in all this. And one thing the Bible also says, like love God and love others as yourself. And yet we're seeing the individualization, which is a very American thing to be yeah. like my rights and my individuality and my say. We're seeing that so much in white American evangelicalism. Like, you look at the pandemic and the vaccine and they're like, well, like, how can you, you know, like the abortion, we want to tell everybody what to do. And then those that are against that and like, no, you can't do that. You can't put that kind of rule in place. Like, well, what about the vaccine? Like you guys are mandating the vaccine and where's that freedom of choice? But it's like, so this is Not where the, same thing. <laughs> the personal rights and individualization of American thinking comes, has completely taken over the church mm -hmm. evangelicalism because now they're like my rights about this distrust of government and big pharma and all this with with vaccines whereas jesus teaching was to love others as yourself or more than yourself yeah. you know and the vaccine is to protect others it helps protect you but it protects others in a pandemic in a worldwide pandemic yeah. the christians should have been the first ones in line to get the vaccine mm -hmm. But instead, it did the opposite, which is so American. Yes. And claiming that to be the religious right. But that's so the basis of American individuality and mm -hmm. um, and 
private privatization. Yes, privatization. Rugged individualism and privatization. Yeah. They're just wanting to have everything within ourselves. Everything is our own right. Our kids belong to us. We don't want any social service program or organization. Mm -hmm. We don't want any of that. We are in charge of our kids. We make all our own decisions for ourselves, for our kids, for our guns, for our vaccines, for with no care that the marginalized are the ones paying the consequences yeah. of that and that the poor and the abused and they're the ones who are paying the consequences mm -hmm. for that. So by pushing, like even within the homeschool organization, this HSL, HSLDA, and like these things are pushing against children's rights yeah. at a UN level, even, because they Can want... Can you explain what you just said? The HS... The HSLDA is the Homeschool rights. Legal Defense Association. Um, and they fight for parents' rights right. all over. So okay. you pay membership fees to be part of them and they will fight for you and fight for for parents' rights to their kids. Okay. Um, but that will go to supersede children's rights. Hmm. Children's rights to a community, children's rights to education, children's rights to being raised in society. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all this is just like our own personal rights. But when they pushed this for themselves to privatize it and individualistic for their own selves and families, the people who are suffering as a result are the poor yeah. and the marginalized and the people of color. And that like, these are the people who are going to suffer because when children's rights get taken away, mm -hmm. other children are going to die. Yeah. So you, it's just so selfish. Yeah. And to me, that is anti-Christian, mm -hmm. but it's claimed as being utmost Christian. Yeah. And fighting for that is so that we can raise our kids for God. Right. So that we can shelter them from the world and have our say in how we raise them and have the government out of it. And and yet we'll try and infiltrate the government to try and mm -hmm. get our beliefs pushed on everybody else. So I don't know where I was going with this, but it's just, it feels very selfish to me and very yeah. un, not Jesus-like. Yeah. And I just can't support that. Yeah. And like... Part of what I hear you saying is there's this idea of creating this bubble. And we've mm -hmm. talked in the past about um, cult-like institutions and uh, the bite model of authoritarian control or of evaluating whether something is a cult, yeah. uh, behavior control, information control. Uh, I forget the others, but you can listen to that podcast. But there's this desire to create this bubble around families and around children and around this group and to control this group and control the thoughts within that group. And this is seen as what true Christianity is, is being inside this bubble, being believing what we believe. But it's like more and more the beliefs within that bubble, especially with COVID, it's like you guys are going more and more towards the crazy end. Like, yeah, because the bite model is, is a spectrum. Right. You don't have to be crazy cold to fit the bite model. Right. You don't have to you know, be the sort of cult that's off, you know, in the bush. No. Doing weird things and 
and having mass you know executions or whatever you can have any church become cult-like and you can have any you know church organization become cult-like and part of the problem is this evolution or this progression <laughs> that i see within american evangelicalism but from when they were opposed to evolution and then all the things they need to put in place to say no we don't believe in evolution and you people that teach evolution you're part of a cult and it's part of this worldwide thinking of evolution whatever and then that progressed into anti-science and then when covid comes it's like well now we think doctors are from the devil and this whole thing is this global conspiracy and now that has become an integral part of the beliefs of many this idea that the government and um the medical establishment and the universities are all in this conspiracy against christianity which further isolates people which further you know makes them more dependent on their pastors and more willing to believe more and more extreme beliefs and it just like it's getting more and more out of hand like one of my really close friends that i you know i always saw him to be a reasonable level-headed guy it's been a few years now like i Time is hard to keep track of, but, you know, when I was calling him, he mentioned like, well, I, I don't believe in doctors anymore. I just think they're all silly. And like to hear somebody say something like that, that's college educated, that is a thinker. And yet it's not all that unusual now. No. And like, how do we, how do we get here? And how do you have fellowship with people like that? And we've, we have created in evangelicalism created an entire world that we can stay within that world and only yeah. be influenced within that world. Like you can go to a Christian school or be homeschooled. Yeah. We create our, all our own curriculums for homeschooling or Christian schools, our own science curriculum so they can avoid evolution yeah. and big gazillion years mm -hmm. <laughs> teachings and our own history so that we can focus on Christian history and Christians throughout the world so that we become Christian, so that our kids become Christian centric yeah. and only see that, that side of it. Um, we create our own uh, like churches, our own kids clubs, our own summer camps, our own Bible schools, our own counseling, mm -hmm. Christian based, our own universities, I said, our, our own seminaries, our own, like everything our own our own daycares for kids that need to go to for parents that need to work and send their kids to school uh, to, to daycare our own like everything you can stay within this bubble and never actually have much exposure to the outside of that bubble and mm -hmm. it may and it won't feel like a bubble because it's huge yeah our own music our own books our own dramas our own plays our own entertainment like all of this all our own to protect from LGBTQ and from, you know, all these evolution and all these other teachings. But at some point, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me, and that creating that bubble, sustaining that bubble becomes what Christianity is. Yeah. When it's like, but Christianity is supposed to be about love. Like, and this it's is with not, good hearts. It is with good hearts. They want to protect their kids from pain, not realizing how they're hurting them in the process yeah. of that sheltering. But just like what this makes me think of is like, this is evangelicalism. It's not old. It's not traditional. No. Like this is a new thing. 
Yeah. And we don't realize it when you're in it that this is new. It's not static. It's changing. Yeah. This is evolving. Like anti-woke. You hear that all the time. People are anti-woke. We're afraid of the woke. No more woke people. And, and here's all the books about how people are woke and we need to be anti-woke. That, that didn't exist three years ago. Now we're all anti-woke and we're afraid of, of um, racial reconciliation. That's a new thing that now all the evangelicals are obsessed with. Like it, it keeps progressing, but yeah. it's not sustainable because we, where is this going? We teach that it's the unchanging truths of God. Yeah. But it's always changing. It's so like, it's not, it's not true. <laughs> I mean, the books that I studied in Bible college are not relevant anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, but what are you giving up for this bubble and who are you giving yeah. money to and power to? Yeah. Because it's controlled by just a few people. Yeah. And they all interconnect. Like there has been some yeah. research and I've seen graphs of how the main leaders within evangel North American white evangelicalism, how they're all connected. Yeah. They quote each other. They support each other. They, you know, it's, it's all connected. So it, <laughs> it's a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the real world. And, and that getting back to what I was saying before is like, realizing how you just can't get away from that mm -hmm. with an evangelicalism you just can't because these people write all the books and have all the podcasts and if not then they're being quoted in yeah and these people are the architects because even beliefs. like i grew up in a very very like a subculture mm -hmm. with bill gothard of homeschooling of evangelicalism and in canada in remote so it was just a small part of evangelicalism but those extreme beliefs, teachings, they're all over yeah. evangelicalism. So you may, many don't subscribe to the extreme part of that, but they still have the beliefs. Yeah. They just haven't carried them, carried them out to the full extent mm -hmm. of the belief. Like, well, we're not going to leave our fertility entirely up to God. Like, we're going to have some say about the spacing and how many kids we have. But we're still going to have a lot of kids because we need to outnumber the Muslims. Yes. Like it. And I can't believe <laughs> that we used to think that. And I know. people used to whisper that all the time. Like, we, yes. well, we need to have more kids than the Muslims. And if like, you look what? around, a lot of evangelical families do have more kids. How is that not kids? white supremacist? I know. That white a bunch of white Christians saying we need to have more babies than, than the other but race and the other religion. it seems so good. It seems so good at the time. <laughs> But the other thing that, like, just seeing how America, like I used to, for the, in the first time I left, I was like, well, I'm against white American evangelicalism, but I still think there's a good evangelicalism and realizing this is just American everywhere. Like it is, it's one of the And same. seeing the convoy in Canada, and I was very outspoken against it on my TikTok not on Facebook because I just couldn't. Actually, I was outspoken on Facebook. That was kind of burned me out to Facebook. But anyways, um, you know, I saw the convoy in Canada as Americanism in Canada yeah. that almost destroyed our democracy. Absolutely, 100%. Because, you know, what, what do you mean it's American? Well, I mean, for one thing, it was somewhere around 40% of the donations came from America. Also, you know, the only way that we can have Canadian media basically is from the CBC, which is, you know, sponsored by the government. Otherwise we just get overwhelmed by American media because we don't yeah. produce enough. 
So the people that are against the CBC are just saying that they only listen to American media. <laughs> and, you know, there were so many American people that were focused on it and saying that America is um, driven by a tyranny and we need to invade and getting all worked up just thinking about it. But, you know, I saw that as such a threat to Canada. Yeah. Like I thought our nation, our democracy might end and it could have. And to see how much America was involved in that fundamentally has eroded my belief that America is always the good guy internationally. No. Because if yeah. they can make us believe that we are having a democratic crisis and that they are the solution, because some people thought that, how can I believe that any war that they do is good? Yeah, we can't trust it. But also seeing how many of the people that I considered moderates either were directly involved or that that was something they didn't want to speak out about against. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are pacifists. How can you be for, yeah. you know, this, which is basically violence for, anyways. It's pacifist for others, but not for ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> getting all worked up. But that for me was something that just showed me, like, I want to be against the big bad guy out there. And, but there's good here in realizing, like, that big bad guy is everywhere. And um, we can't get away from it. But still miss it. Still miss having the friends and still miss having all the answers. Um, still miss having a way to have faith um, and worship in community. And there's a lot of things that it's hard to know how to rebuild those things outside of the church. Yeah. I mean, we... We created our family based on evangelicalism and the community mm -hmm. and support and love that you get inside the evangelical church. Yeah. So I mean, we got married young. We I don't necessarily have I don't have education outside of evangelicalism. Yeah. Uh, your education is very evangelical, mm -hmm. even though you have a lot of education. We had a lot of kids to, you know, raise for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we find ourselves outside of that bubble and it's really, really tough. Yeah. Like really, really tough. And I don't know that there's a way to fix it with five kids. You can't with an evangelicalism, it's more family oriented. Yeah. Like you bring your, all your kids with you and it's all good and stuff, but it's not really like that in the real world. And how do you find friends? How do you find friends when you have five kids spread through 11 years mm -hmm. of age and when you're so busy mm -hmm. with five kids? And so I feel like we kind of have to just live through it. I know I'm kind of in a depressive state, but I feel like I just have to sort of push through until the kids are independent enough that I can find myself again. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe later I'll find more ideas, but for now, thank God for religious trauma informed, religious trauma informed therapists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, therapists, it's almost like having a good friend. It's just that you have to pay for it. <laughs> yes. No, I'll get one good adult conversation <laughs> a month. <laughs> one person who's sane. <laughs> but anyway, we wanted to do a little update on where we're at i know we're not podcasting a whole lot but it's just because of this journey is like that that's mm -hmm. how it goes there's only so much we can give all around but um 
If you've listened to all of this, thank you for listening to our ongoing journey. And we'd love to hear about your journey as well and your questioning and where you're at. And do know that you are not alone. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. And I think I think the, the main reason we want to put stuff out there and be real is realizing that a lot of people have these issues. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time finding friends in their 30s. And a lot of people find themselves at the other end of church and trying to figure out, well, now what? Yeah and you're not alone you're not alone we don't have answers but we also are not alone with you yep so keep reaching out and keep going thanks for listening (laughs) bye